to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Dr. Aviva, I've been told that I have Hashimoto's. What should I do? This is a question I hear often because it's one that brings a lot of women to my website, social media pages, and to my medical practice. It's even sometimes something I hear in my own practice when I give a woman a diagnosis when she's struggled with symptoms of hypothyroidism and no answers for months or sometimes years. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Welcome to episode 117 of Natural MD Radio, Hashimoto's Diagnosis. Don't worry, here's what to do next. For many women, the diagnosis of hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's is a relief because it explains a whole lot about the symptoms or struggles they've been having. There's Molly, 34, who'd been trying to get pregnant to no avail for two years, who had irregular and often skipped periods, but didn't have PCOS and had no explanation for what was going on. Tanya, 38, who was exhausted and experiencing postpartum depression, still hadn't lost any baby weight by the time her little one was six months old, and who'd struggled to produce enough breast milk. And Liz, 52, who'd been feeling exhausted, depressed, and had gained 35 pounds in four months without changing her diet or her exercise one single bit. These women welcomed hearing that it wasn't just their imagination or something they were doing wrong. It wasn't just stress of being a new mom, as one doctor had told Tanya, nothing we can do about it other than fertility treatments, as Molly's gynecologist had told her, or it's just menopause, so eat less and exercise more, as an unsympathetic physician told Liz. But once the relief is over, some anxiety often sets in about whether having a slow-functioning thyroid is dangerous, and there are usually a lot of questions about things like, can it be healed? whether medication is necessary, and if so, what's best to take, and whether they'll always have it, and overall, what to do next in their diet and lifestyle to support their thyroid health. Not all women feel the sense of relief, either. You might feel overwhelmed, frustrated, or sad, especially if you view yourself as an otherwise healthy woman and now see yourself with a future that includes dependence on a medication. If you're feeling that way, it's totally normal. Anytime we have a change in self-perception, it might need, we might need a minute to grieve, and we need to give ourselves that. But don't panic. While nobody ever wants to have a medical diagnosis, this one, which is now so common, that one in eight of us as women can expect to receive a diagnosis in our lifetime, it is readily figureoutable, and with the right approach, generally very straightforward to manage and live with. Hashimoto's does not mean you're not healthy. It's definitely not a death sentence, nor does it automatically relegate you to a life of medications, frequent medical appointments, or ongoing testing. I'm going to walk you through the answers to the most common questions women have asked me after getting a thyroid diagnosis, either from me or another practitioner, just as I do for my patients in my practice. Let's start with terminology. Chances are you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's, especially if the diagnosis came from a functional medicine practitioner, as this is often the catch-all term used for a slow-functioning thyroid and the explanation given for a whole lot of symptoms that women experience. 
But not all hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. Hypothyroidism simply refers to decreased thyroid function, and it can lead to a whole host of symptoms, which I talk about in Women and Thyroid Health, What We All Need to Know. Most of the time, you get a diagnosis because you've been having symptoms and your medical provider runs tests that then confirm why you've been feeling the way you do. Hypothyroidism is demonstrated by symptoms plus lab results, or on some occasions, lab results alone, and is by far the most prevalent form of thyroid disease in the U.S., accounting for 80% of all thyroid problems. Hypothyroidism comes in two forms— non-autoimmune thyroid disease, simply called hypothyroidism or thyroiditis, and the autoimmune form called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or more commonly referred to as Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is the most common form of all thyroid disease in the U.S., and it accounts for about 90% of all cases of hypothyroidism. It's differentiated from the non-autoimmune kind, by the presence of thyroid-attacking antibodies found in your blood, identified by a comprehensive set of labs. Next, Next, let's make sure you were properly diagnosed. It's really important to make sure that you actually have one of these conditions before assuming the diagnosis is correct, and certainly before starting treatment, because as often as the diagnosis is missed by conventional doctors, which I talk about in The Thigh Gap, Why Your Thyroid Labs Might Be Normal When You Really Have Hashimoto's, there's a surprising amount of overdiagnosis in the integrative and functional medicine worlds. I've even had a number of patients come to me who were previously told they had a thyroid problem and were put on thyroid hormone medication without ever having a lab test. And when I retested them, it turned out that they didn't have a thyroid problem at all. Their thyroid symptoms were due to another diagnosis that had been missed by the previous practitioner, iron deficiency anemia or a different autoimmune condition altogether, for example. Additionally, functional and integrative practitioners, including me, use a narrower range of normal for assessing thyroid labs than most conventional doctors. I talk about that in hypothyroid testing, six labs to ask for. But being above that range, if you don't have any symptoms related to hypothyroidism, should not buy you a diagnosis. To be diagnosed properly, you should have received proper testing of at least your TSH, or thyroid-stimulating hormone, which is the hormone produced in your pituitary gland that stimulates your thyroid to produce thyroid hormones. If you had absolutely no symptoms and your TSH is normal, then it's very unlikely that you have hypothyroidism. You should also have thyroid antibodies checked. If those are normal, then you don't have Hashimoto's. If you have either elevated TSH, suggesting that your pituitary is having to work hard to get a sluggish thyroid to respond, you could have hypothyroidism. You also then want to get antibodies checked to determine whether it's Hashimoto's or not. Normal antibodies, and it's not likely Hashimoto's. It's also very common to have transiently abnormal TSH. So even if you do test positive for hypothyroidism one time, it's appropriate to recheck in a few weeks before assigning a diagnosis unless your labs are far outside the normal range and it's obvious and you're having symptoms, in which case the diagnosis likely is hypothyroidism and if your antibodies are positive, Hashimoto's. 
Now, one time you might be appropriately told that you have a slow functioning thyroid, even when your thyroid labs are in the normal range. And even if you don't have any obvious thyroid symptoms is if you're trying to conceive a slightly lower TSH of 1.5 to 2.5 is preferable for optimizing your likelihood of getting pregnant with or without reproductive assistance. And many reproductive endocrinologists and physicians like me who specialize in women's fertility will suggest medication, thyroid medication that is, to bring your TSH into that optimal range. Once you know conclusively that you do have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, you'll want to make sure you have a great support system in place with your medical care provider. While, as we'll discuss in a minute, you may need medication, in my opinion, that should never be the only answer you get. It's important to dig a little deeper and get a comprehensive lab panel, if you haven't already, to include testing for Hashimoto's as well as other labs that can give you information about your thyroid. And it's also important to test for any underlying causes that might be relevant to you. Low iodine and low vitamin D, for example, have been associated with hypothyroidism, while celiac disease and leaky gut have been associated with Hashimoto's. Beyond nutritional and dietary factors, stress, for example, particularly elevated cortisol, which can be tested for, can contribute to hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, while certain medications and environmental toxins you may be being exposed to can reduce thyroid function and should be looked into. Postpartum moms are especially vulnerable to developing hypothyroidism, and this should not be overlooked if you have an unusual amount of fatigue, even beyond what you'd expect for a new mom, depression, anxiety, or symptoms of postpartum depression. I talk specifically about postpartum thyroid health in What New Moms Need to Know About Thyroid Problems. A skilled provider will test for and explore these various underlying causes with you and help you to address them as well as encouraging a holistic approach along with any conventional testing and treatment that might be needed. This is especially important because our bodies are one interconnected whole. It's rare that just one system is affected, and having Hashimoto's, for example, increases your risk of developing another autoimmune disease. Getting to the root causes of Hashimoto's may help prevent another autoimmune disease and other problems that can be associated with the same root causes that can contribute to Hashimoto's. Additionally, a skilled healthcare practitioner can help you determine the next steps. For example, whether medication is needed, and if so, what type is best for you and should have a range of knowledge of the different options available, as well as being someone who can offer you the latest in integrative options. For example, taking myo-inositol and selenium have been shown to support thyroid function and reduce thyroid antibodies. And this can be done prior to starting medication in some cases, which may offset the need for it, and it can be done in conjunction with medications. If you do in fact have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, you'll likely have some concerns that naturally arise. Hopefully the answers I'm about to share with you to the most common questions I get will be reassuring for you. One really common question I get is having a slow-functioning thyroid dangerous. It's true that untreated, a slow-functioning thyroid can have major deleterious impact on your well-being 
and your health. You can feel chronically fatigued. You can struggle with your weight, and being significantly overweight can lead to problems in itself. You might struggle with chronic constipation, causing you a lot of discomfort, but also affecting nutrient absorption. You might experience hair thinning, which for most women is quite traumatic, brain fog, depression, and much more. It can also affect your menstrual cycles, your fertility, have a damaging impact on pregnancy, and it can have long-term effects on your cognitive function and even your heart health. But that's only when it's untreated or inadequately treated. When hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's are properly treated, your health risks are not increased at all. You will live an absolutely healthy, happy, and normal life. Now, another question I get is, can hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's be healed in that it's healed, gone, and gone forever? Just, it's gone. The answer is yes, sometimes, and at other times, it is a chronic condition that we do have to accept living with, but one in which you can become entirely symptom-free. It all depends on what's causing the problem, for how long you've had it, and in cases of Hashimoto's, the extent of thyroid damage that's occurred as a result of the antibodies. If you have non-autoimmune hypothyroidism, for example, hypothyroid but not Hashimoto's, that's due to a nutritional deficiency, for example, low iodine, then often replacing the missing nutrients can restore thyroid function. Also, my experience is that women with celiac, sometimes if they catch it quick enough, catch the hypothyroidism quick enough, can have a complete reversal after gluten is removed from the diet and sometimes a program of healing leaky gut and reducing inflammation is followed. When it comes to postpartum thyroid problems, most women will recover within 6 to 12 months, at which time medication can be weaned by half for a couple of weeks and then discontinued. If symptoms persist beyond 18 months after it started, however, it's more likely that you've developed permanent hypothyroidism and then long-term medication might be needed. About 30% of women who develop postpartum thyroiditis do develop permanent thyroid problems, but that means 70% don't. For women who have fully recovered from postpartum thyroid process, uh, thyroiditis, repeat thyroid testing within 5 to 10 years after the initial diagnosis is important, Just or at any time if you think you're developing thyroid symptoms, it's important because you can have a recurrence later. Now, a small portion of individuals do have a genetic predisposition to Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. In this case, if you develop a thyroid problem, it is likely that lifelong medication will be needed to maintain optimal thyroid function. But again, don't fear. No matter what, you can become 100% symptom-free and live your life without worrying about it causing you any harm. So what do you do next? What are the next steps on the road to treatment? Well, probably the biggest question I get is, do I need to take medication? How do I choose? And will I always be on it? Not everyone with hypothyroidism needs thyroid medication, particularly if your thyroid labs aren't significantly out of the normal range. Obviously, as I mentioned, if repeat thyroid lab testing shows everything's normal or your symptoms aren't debilitating. Many patients I spend, many times I spend at least six months and often up to 12 months with patients addressing their symptoms and looking for reversible causes before ever starting on a thyroid medication. However, if your numbers are far out of the normal range, or if your symptoms are seriously impacting your quality of life, or if you're trying to get pregnant or are pregnant, 
Unless you have an identifiable and readily reversible cause of hypothyroidism, it's really likely that thyroid hormone medication is part of your future. This can be really disappointing, especially if you're trying to live life as naturally as possible, but please let me offer one word of reassurance. Thyroid medication can be a game changer in how you feel. And thyroid medication is not a typical medication in the sense that it's doing something foreign to your body. It's thyroid hormone replacement therapy, giving your body what you'd naturally produce, but right now aren't because your thyroid function is suppressed. Let me compare that to vitamin D. While we call it vitamin D, vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's something that our body should be actually making from sunlight, but for a variety of reasons, lack of exposure to sunlight, lack of good conversion in some people's gut, not everyone can make vitamin D. If you were low in vitamin D and your body wasn't able to make it, you wouldn't be fretting about having to take a vitamin D supplement. Most likely, you would just think of it as a nutrient supplement. Now, I'm not minimizing thyroid medication. Taking too much of it can have very serious effects, and it's much more complex than vitamin D. But I just wanted to give you an example and remind you that this isn't some big guns medication coming from outside to suppress or overwhelm your body. The goal of thyroid medication is very simple, symptom resolution and normalization of your thyroid labs, your TSH, your free T and your free T4 will return to normal within six weeks on the right dose. Thyroid antibodies can take several months, if not more to resolve. But once you've been feeling great for a number of months and your labs are normalized, you can work with your provider to see if you can reduce the dose. And at some point, you may decide to try to go off the medication and see if your thyroid has resolved itself. If it has, great. And if not, then you can continue on the thyroid medication. As to what medications to take, I discuss that in an upcoming podcast and another blog that I have over on my website, what, how to know what thyroid medications to take. So look forward to that. And you can also learn about it more immediately in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, where I give a full review of the most common thyroid medications and the pros and cons of each. Another common question I get is how often should I follow up on testing and which tests should be repeated? If you have severe symptoms or lab results that are very far outside the range of normal, usually double the range of even the conventional normal, it's common to start medication and retest in just four to six weeks in order to let a combination of your symptom improvements and test results guide the best medication dose and choice for you. This testing is commonly repeated again in a few months to once again assess treatment results and adjust medication dosing if necessary. After that, once you achieve steady labs and a steady medication dose, retesting may occur in a year. And then in my practice, I typically retest annually just to help women really stay optimized in their health and achieve the best thyroid dose medic, uh, uh, thyroid medication dose. And at that time, I'll usually retest thyroid antibodies even if they hadn't been elevated before to see if they've now become elevated and the diagnosis becomes Hashimoto's or to trend the thyroid antibodies and make sure they're going down. If you're pregnant and have low thyroid function, you may be tested even just a couple of weeks after starting thyroid medication. And then depending on the severity of your hypothyroidism, you can be tested once a trimester or as often as every couple of weeks. 
If a woman who is on medication in my practice is, experiences a recurrence of her symptoms, even after she's been on a steady dose and has steady labs for any amount of time, then I'll retest to see if we need to adjust medication. Similarly, if she's experiencing symptoms that suggest she has hyperactive thyroid, she's gone from hypo to hyperactive symptoms, I'll retest to make sure that she's not getting too much medication because that can happen as a result of too much thyroid medication. And a lot of practitioners are overzealous and overdose or try to bring that TSH far further down than it needs to be. I like to see the TSH no lower than about one. Occasionally, 0.8 is okay, but a lot of practitioners think the lower the better, and that's not true. In fact, the consequences of an overtreated thyroid are much more serious and include can include things like heart arrhythmias, irregular, dangerously irregular heartbeats, and even bone loss and osteoporosis. So I'm really, really cautious about not over-medicating. So anytime someone has an occurrence of symptoms, I check or if they have symptoms that suggest too much medication, I check. And that can happen because you can be on a steady dose of medication, but then for some reason your metabolism changes or your thyroid gets some improvement and you don't need as much medication, so the same dose seems like too much. Now, of course, one of the big questions I get and one of the main reasons women come to me rather than just following with their conventional doctor alone is they wanna know what they can do to support their thyroid and their overall health. While we often aren't able to pinpoint exactly what ultimately caused the straw to break the camel's back, you know, that, that actually precipitated any one person's thyroid to slow down or an autoimmune disease to kick in, there are a set of factors known to adversely affect thyroid health and which can be linked with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. Some of these include those I've mentioned, low iodine status, celiac disease, environmental toxins, for example, BPA, to which we've all been exposed, is known to adversely impact the thyroid. And stress, for example, which I talk about in the Adrenal Thyroid Connection. And there are others, such as detrimental shifts in the gut microbiome, possibly an underlying uh, viral infection, and more. I personally highly recommend a comprehensive integrative approach, one that includes conventional medicine, appropriate testing, and thyroid medication when needed, but that also nourishes you as a whole woman to both try to heal and optimally live with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, depending on what's possible for you. We always want to try to heal, but we also want to be in acceptance if this becomes a chronic problem. But if it's remaining chronic for you, it doesn't mean you have to just assume, okay, well, that's it. This is chronic. Let me just take a medication and be done with it. The new medicine for women integrates both conventional and alternative therapies. And I provide a complete guide to what this new medicine for women is for thyroid health in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, which you can get from major booksellers, or you can easily purchase a copy along with some special bonus gifts that are still available by going to avivaram.com forward slash 117. You'll find the uh, blog that accompanies this podcast episode over there. And toward the end of the blog, and then after the end of it as well, you'll find links to purchase the book. The new medicine for women is the approach that offers you the best chance of healing your thyroid while also becoming more empowered about your health rather than just taking a pill and forgetting about it. It's the kind of medicine I practice and a path I hope that you too will embrace as part of your lifestyle. And I hope 
that you're able to heal and recover completely from Hashimoto's. I hope that, or hypothyroidism. And I also hope for you that if you find that it's something that has to now become a new part of your identity, you're a, you define it rather than allowing it to define you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Natural MD Radio. As always, please make sure to share this episode. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. And if you feel inspired to leave a comment and a wonderful rating, that would be so appreciated. I'll see you next time on Natural MD Radio. hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.